0: Just go to Indeed.com slash Blue Wire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash Blue wire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. We're talking rookie standouts
1: at the running back position. How do Devana Chan, Jameer Gibbs, and Bijan Robinson stack up against other rookie running backs in recent NFL history? We're unlocking the power of the Rotoviz screener and other tools on Rotoviz radio.
2: What's up, Rotoviz?
1: Welcome into the Rotoviz Fantasy Football Podcast. I'm Curtis Patrick. I'm joined by Dave Cabin. We're both wearing some beige-ish colors tonight, Dave. Yep, yep. And we're talking about running backs, man. You know, these are, uh, I mean, I guess these are, maybe these could both be colors of dirt, but these are the guys doing the dirty work on the football field. And this is going to be a great, just a great episode. We've been talking about rookie wide receivers. How did they stack up? We went through six of our favorite players from the 2023 rookie class and now we're sw- switching to the running back position. And, you know, you know me, I'm always thinking about dynasty value and, and how to play that game, you know, more so than any other format. And it's pretty exciting to, to have a trio of guys from this class leading the way of the next generation of dynasty studs uh, at running back. We've got Bijan Robinson, Jameer Gibbs, and Devonta Chan that we're going to talk about tonight. We've got some season-long heroics. We've got some per-game heroics. What does it all mean? We're going to use the Rotoviz screener, and we're going to compare these rookie seasons to you know other seasons. We could go since two thousand. We could go since two thousand and ten. However, we want to do it. Whatever Dave's feeling like, the flavor is going to be. We're going to give you the cohort that these guys stack up in, and that's going to inform what we think about them in twenty twenty four and beyond. So I'm pumped for this one, Dave. I know you've got a favorite amongst the bunch, but uh, it'll be exciting to to switch positions because we got pretty used to looking at wide receivers over the past week or so.
2: Yeah, it certainly uh, will be, you know, as I did a little bit of preliminary research and we do want these to kind of be, uh, you know, like off the cuff reactions. It's just fun to see some of the different yeah. names that can get pulled in. So let's start off here, Curtis. We're going to talk about a player who is still in action that we might get to see do some fun things over the weekend. And that is Jameer Gibbs. So just as a reminder to anybody that has not been listening along thus far in the road of his screener, you can drop in different statistics, tweak some parameters. In this case, what we're doing is setting things up so that we're going to find players in their rookie season at the running back position that produce similar type of stats to the player in question get that query results. And then Curtis and I are going to kind of break down what we think that might mean. So if we start with Jameer Gibbs, we look for uh, rookie running backs in year one, we're going to let this thing go back all the way to 2000. Curtis look at attempts, yards, touchdowns, then also receiving targets, receiving yards, receiving touchdowns. And we get for Jameer Gibbs, a group of players that includes Philip Lindsay, Trent Richardson, Not loving that right off the bat, but then
1: you get (laughs) Chris Johnson,
2: Leonard Fournette, Joseph Adai, Clyde Edwards, Hilaire, Dominic Davis going way far back. Steve Slade and Le'Veon Bell, Kevin Smith, Jonathan Taylor, Ronnie Brown, and Jeremy
1: Langford. Here's what I want to do. Here's what I want to do. The shelf life of running backs in the NFL is so much shorter than wide receivers. And, to go back to the year 2000 when the NFL really was a different game yep. you know the pl- position was involved much less from a receiving perspective and a lot of these guys they flash for 2 3 years they're gone let's let's look since 2010 i think that's going to keep the audience a little bit more engaged with the names that we produce and uh let's let's resort it there and of course we've got it wide open from a draft capital perspective and at, at, running back you know we we do typically find you know, an undrafted free agent or a, a late round guy that'll pop every couple of years. But we're really from a dynasty perspective and a positional replacement perspective. We're going to want to do that second screen like we were doing uh, with the wide receivers. After we see this initial list, we're going to skinny this thing down to just day one and two. We'll go top 64 after we look at this first list here. Yeah.
2: So. We still have a lot of the same names in here. Uh So it's pretty fascinating list again. Philip Lindsay. Trent Richardson, Leonard Fournette, Clyde Edwards Lair, Le'Veon Bell, Jonathan Taylor, Antonio Gibson, Jeremy Langford, Devonta Booker, DeAndre Swift, Jordan Howard, Ken Walker, and Roy Helu.
1: Okay. I mean, so that that is definitely a, a little bit of hit or miss. You know, we've got some one or two year guys, and then we have we do have some slam dunks in there. I mean, you love to see uh Le'Veon Bell show up in anybody's. Uh, rookie season comp list. I mean, and, and it did take him a year or two to really, really explode and become the elite asset that that he eventually became. Seeing Jonathan Taylor in there is pretty uh, exciting as well. So why don't we review a little bit about what Gibbs did in this season so we can add a little bit of perspective. And then I want to sort that list down to the first two rounds and and let's find some closer comps from a draft uh uh, a, a draft pedigree perspective.
2: Sure. So I, I brought this up uh, Gibbs page on the uh, NFL weekly or the NFL player stat explorer, because I did just want to put a little context around it. So he finished number eight in PPR per game, number nine in expected points per game. And a lot of that comes from the fact that he was eight in targets. He was only 28th in attempts, nine in total touchdowns, 40% of his weeks, Curtis, he was an RB one and if you look from week seven on, he had six RB one weeks. <laughs> That's beautiful, uh, six man. Six games over twenty points. So he definitely got uh into his stride around week seven and kept that up. So I would say this is a really successful rookie campaign for Gibbs uh just to kind of set the stage there. So you can react to that while I, while I tweak a couple of the variables here and limit things down to the first sixty four picks.
1: Yeah, there's just so much context. Um, There's so much context with Jameer Gibbs uh, rookie season because, you know, as the season started, and I mean, I've gotten just quote tweet blasted on this so many times, you know, we're like three or four weeks in. I remember a couple island games for the Lions early on and they just weren't using them. They weren't using them, Dave. They were riding David Montgomery and Gibbs was really an accessory piece. Yep. Um, they were just using him as a, you know, a change of pace guy. He didn't have a material role. And, and I put a tweet out there. that was something like, if this is the full plan for Gibbs, you know, this was a wasted pick, you know, spending an early first round pick on him. And people are still drumming that back up because they can't read the full tweet. Didn't say it was a a wasted pick. I said, if this is the full plan and thank, you know, thankfully for all of us, the Lions did have a bigger plan for Gibbs. And as his role grew, you could really see what he meant to that offense. They had other injuries at key positions and finding out exactly what Gibbs could do and bring to the offense really helped them uh, emerge into the, I mean, now conference semifinalists that they've, they've uh, become one more note on that. I mentioned David Montgomery and, you know, Gibbs only got three games to himself without Monty. And there were 12 games where they shared the backfield It is interesting to see that three of those blow-up games were the games where Montgomery wasn't playing. And so Gibbs averaged almost 23 PPR per game without Montgomery in the lineup, and he averaged about 14.8 in games with Montgomery. If we want to look a little bit more toward the back half of the season once uh, his role is a little bit more defined, let's see, I'll I'll drag it to week nine. All of a sudden now we see uh, n- now we see that it's 16 points per game either way, and so th- that you know the way that you set up queries is important as you're doing some research. You know, in our tools, looking at back half of the season with and out with uh, with and without Monty. You know, he's a 280 you know PPR point running back either way uh, at this point. So uh, exciting, exciting year, dominant year. The last thing that I'll add, I was doing some Rotovis screen research on my own here with these running backs. I'm going to call these things out. Jameer Gibbs, Dave, eighth most PPR points by a rookie running back uh, since 2010 as we look at those uh, backs drafted on day one uh, or in uh, round two. So I want to go back to the screener and have you sort just by top 64 picks. You know, we really see a lot of the quality uh, with the draft pedigree and the running back uh, position in particular, so let's let's resort here and see what names we get uh, that way.
2: Sure, and we we had a really good comment come in too, which we'll do a, a little bit of a, of a pop into another tool here in a second. Uh actually, since you just brought it up, I will. If you look at running backs, this you re, re, can you read off that comment here, Curtis? Will I cue this up?
1: Sure. Yeah. Uh, Al Paul says Gibbs' amount of red zone touches, which was much higher than expected uh, this year. Yeah, I right. mean. I'll have to go back to his uh, stat explore page and see how many touchdowns uh, he ended up scoring. He did have some explosive plays as well. He had 10 rushing touchdowns and a receiving touchdown. I'll pull up that red zone stat here in, in a minute. But yeah, when, when I, I think it was a blessing that Montgomery went out because you really found out all the things that Gibbs could do. Yep. You know, I, I wonder how his role would have really evolved or if it would have evolved. If Montgomery never goes down, is he just the pass catching back? And they don't really find out that they could ride him. Cause I mean, now, I mean, he's very much a focal point of the offense. That's a great comment there,
2: Paul. Yeah. So if we pull this up and we look at green zone touches, which is, uh, comes from the stealing signals tool inspired by Ben Gretsch's you know, great work that he does with stealing signals. These are touches within the 10. um, Within ten yards, Gibbs comes out just behind guys like Esteller, Pacheco, Swift. Um, probably it looks like he's somewhere in the in the top twelve there, which I definitely think is notable. And on top of that, if you add in the targets, he finishes somewhere around eighth or ninth in high value touches. So certainly it uh, was quite a boon to see that type of work for him this season.
1: Back yeah, to oh, that. The other guys who were in front of him there, I mean, half of those guys had the backfields to themselves. Yes, you know, so I mean, actually, even more more than them did. I mean, CMC that was really uh, a single back backfield. You know, Camara once he came back, that was his backfield. Joe Mixon that was his backfield. Brees Hall that was largely his backfield. Tony Pollard that was his backfield. Rashad White that was his backfield. Actually, looking at this entire list, all these guys were bona fide alphas, dominating touch share in their offense. And then you get Gibbs. So, you know, that that is pretty, pretty interesting. Thanks for the comment there, uh, Al.
2: Yes. So I've narrowed down the parameters here in our similarity search. We're looking at players that went between one and 64 for running backs from 2010 to present day. When we do that, you still get Trent Richardson, Leonard Fournette, Clyde Edwards, Alayer is in there. Le'Veon Bell, Jonathan Taylor, DeAndre Swift, Kenneth Walker. Mm -hmm. TJ Hill, uh, Yeldon, Jeremy Hill, Bijan, Nick Chubb, Javante Williams, J.K. Dobbins, Javid Best, Giovanni Bernard, Joe Mixon, Todd Gurley, on Johnson. I read off all of the names there because what I wanted to highlight here was that change really strengthened the entirety of that list. I mean, this is a really solid group of backs. Yeah,
1: yeah it really is. I mean, in, in terms of just turning up, you know, bust after that rookie season, you know, Trent Richardson held on to some dynasty value, but he quickly went downhill. I mean, I Cleveland traded him, I think after that first year. Um, And then Clyde Edwards, you know, obviously we know that he uh, has fallen off and TJ Yeldon didn't have quite the same um, draft capital. You know, he kind of hung around and had a role. All these other guys save for maybe Kenneth Walker, you know, you're talking RB one, you know, fantasy type seasons. And in some cases, multiple RB one seasons. And I think, you know, when, as we project this forward to 2024, I mean, Jameer Gibbs, you know, even in PPR settings, uh, if it's not a mandatory start three wide receiver situation, I mean, I would expect him to flirt with that round one, round two, uh, you know, draft ADP and best ball for redraft next year. And then, you know, in in dynasty, I mean, it's basically, you know, him and Brees hall and, You know, maybe for some people, Bijan, you know, he's he's in that top three uh, in terms of top three running backs uh, in Dynasty. So fantastic season for Gibbs. Love that, you know, Detroit is on the rise here and that they don't really have to wear him out. I mean, you you do have kind of a situation as I there were so many comparisons of Gibbs to Alvin Kamara and the evaluation process. And now that it looks like the Lions kind of have an Ingram Kamara thing uh going here that could uh hang on for a couple of years so just love this situation
0: yeah so we're driven by the search for better but when it comes to hiring the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all don't search match with indeed indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast
2: You know, you start talking about Bijan there, and one of the pieces that we're going to have to think about here is is what's going to happen with that team, with the coaching staff, uh, you know, what happens at quarterback. But I think that let's just kind of level set here, look at what happened, the comps, and then maybe we can have a conversation. It's probably going to be in a future episode, you know, once we have some more intel there. So Robinson finishes Number nine in opportunities among running backs, number three in targets, number eight in overall PPR, but number 16 in PPR per game, 14 in expected points per game, somewhat inefficient at number 38 in terms of fantasy points over expectation per game. But as I mentioned before, you know, it's rare that you see players that that's super sticky with. So listeners be careful about trying to extract that and take it forward. Um, He was an RB one, Curtis. 47% 47% of the time. And I've got to be honest, after having two pretty weak performances come between weeks 15 and 18, despite two good games in there, I kind of lost sight of just how often he was finishing as an yeah. RB1. That's actually pretty impressive. Yeah. It was an RB3 or worse only 24% of the time. So, all things considered, pretty good campaign from that standpoint for Robinson.
1: Yeah, I mean, if it if it wasn't for, you know, that what forty or fifty point outburst from a chan earlier in the season, um, and and the way that Gibbs really exploded for three consecutive RB one weeks when when Montgomery was out. I mean, if you just looked at the season in a vacuum, I mean, you're very encouraged uh by what Bijan did. I think people are just disheartened because Tyler Algier was still so involved in the, the Falcons were, you know, they were right there in playoff contention, despite all of the coaching nonsense. And, you know, so many people felt like just a larger role for Bijan, especially after they invested so much in him would have, you know, led to maybe different results for the team and certainly different results for uh, Robinson and fantasy. But yeah, I mean, some of the things to call out here that that RB three overall and team target percentage, I mean, yeah, you know, I don't think there's been enough discussion about that. I mean, that's huge. 17% of targets. Yeah. Like this is overall RB one type stuff that you want to see. And so, it, you know, as, as excited as people are about Gibbs right now, and you know, he's got all these eyes on him cause he's in the playoffs. I mean, it's not going to be a surprise if, you know, we get a coach in there that decides, you know, Hey, this is, this is Robinson's team. We're going to build this offense, you know, maybe not necessarily around him. We're going to focus on getting the ball to, to London and Pitts but Robinson is going to be, you know, that other, you know, quintessential motor to help things go overall RB one from Robinson in the next year or two. Wouldn't, I don't think surprise too many people.
2: Yeah, I definitely don't think it would. And the other thing to highlight here is uh, if you pop over to the stealing signals tool, you'll see that he still did have a pretty nice percentage of the team's high value touches with 63%. Now he does come in, um, especially if we were to limit this, uh, for total attempts, you know, he's, he's still one of the backs that's going to be finishing towards the top of the leaderboard. And I think it would be fair to assume that a lot of other coaching staffs are going to shift things much more favorably in his direction. So pretty good base for him there.
1: How did, uh, I'm just curious because it's, it's been discussed a lot. I mean, how did he compare to Algier, uh, in those green zone touches? Sure, just directly within the same team because so I think there's regression opportunity there, yep. and I mean Robinson had 214 carries, he only scored four rushing touchdowns. So, right, you know, he had he had all this great production, and there, you know, there, there was some some efficiency there, but you know, you would you would expect his fantasy you know points over expectation to increase next year, both you know for really from two categories: yep. one, you know, positive uh, regression on on the rush, rushing touchdown angle, and then. Potentially a higher catch percentage. He had 85 targets, just 58 receptions.
2: Yeah, I would definitely expect to see that creep up a little bit. Now, the interesting thing, Curtis, when you look into the high value touches, is that you have Cordero Patterson actually taking away 19%, Algier 24%. Come on. So I think of some of that.
1: I love <laughs> man, but come on. It's 2023. <laughs>
2: Yeah. So you had 10 receptions for Patterson in there, which I think might throw things off a little bit here, you know, depending on what you think his usage was like. But I think that you have 73 high value touches for Robinson, 28 for Algier, 15 for Patterson. So overall, I think that's still a pretty favorable stat for Robinson. Yeah. Yeah. right. So if we now look at the list and this is just running things wide open, obviously we'll have to stratify for draft pick in a little bit, but Wide open, you get Robinson, Javante Williams, Miles Sanders, Giovanni Bernard, James Robinson, Javid Best, Najee Harris, Kareem Hunt, Clyde Edwards, alaire Javorius Allen, Jameer Gibbs, Roy Hilo, uh, Andre Ellington, Naheem Hines, Jamal Williams, Damian Pierce, Devontae Booker. There's something very clear that's going on here, Curtis, but I will let you react first.
1: Uh, I want, I want to, I mean, you can go ahead and expound on that. I mean, I, I'm, I'm curious. I'm already thinking ahead to what's going to happen once we filter this thing down, but yeah. Mark, so sure?
2: I think what you're seeing here is that he did see such a high amount of targets that it starts to filter him in with a group of players that are high target players because yeah. there's fewer players that in their rookie year have both of those pieces of their profile. As a result, it's kind of warping our results in that favor. And you're getting some guys in there that I don't think, um, if we were to filter things so that it focused more on the rushing piece, uh, would be there otherwise. So, yeah, what do you think we should filter this down to? Should we do the same thing? Let's do, you know, one through 64.
1: Yeah. I mean, I, I, I like, I like the one through 64. Um, you know, we, we didn't do the age thing, you know, with, uh, with Gibbs. I mean, maybe we could do that here. Let's just go one through 64 first. Sure. And, and then, and then we would have an opportunity. To, to go by the age 21 running backs. Cause cause Bijan didn't turn or will not turn 22 actually until G- January 30th. He's not 22 yet.
2: Yep. All right. So uh, I'm going to quickly make the, the adjustment here. All right, let me pull this up. So again, we see Javante Williams in his list. Miles Sanders follows Gio Bernard, Javid best, Najee Harris, Clyde Edwards, Lair, Jamir Gibbs, Trent Richardson, TJ Yeldon, Le'Veon Bell, DeAndre Swift, Nick Chubb, Leonard Fournette, Joe Mixon, (laughs) Patterson sneaks into the comp here, which is kind of funny because I think that, uh, you know, he actually was a wide receiver at that point in time, but the way the database works, he's going to pull in here. Now Then you got carry on Johnson and Jonathan Taylor.
1: Okay. Let's, let's add the age 21 filter on there. I want to see what that does because I I think we're going to get an immaculate like top four. Okay. Right. Once, when, when you start talking about age 21 running backs uh drafted early that smashed in the rookie year, th- this is gonna be this is gonna be a fun top four or five.
2: Okay. So Javante Williams stays as the number one there. Then you got mm-hmm. Javid Best, Clyde Edwards alaire Jameer Gibbs, Le'Veon Bell, DeAndre Swift, Joe Mixon, Carrion Johnson, Jonathan Did Taylor. You-
1: did you research the database after making the adjustment?
2: Uh, let me because see.
1: That's not the list I'm getting.
2: Okay. So I probably, I probably didn't. Okay. All right. Uh, let's see what we get now. You sure you're yeah, looking I'm at. Sure.
1: Uh, <laughs> I, I'm looking at first year in the NFL, age 21. Yep. Running back. Yep. Draft pick one through 64. And uh, yeah. I've Are got, you at I've 2010
2: got, through 2023? Yeah. Yeah. All right, 2010 through 2023, age 21, year in the NFL one, draft pick one through 64. Oh, what what
1: variables do you have? Oh, just PPR, just PPR. That's what I'm looking at.
2: Oh, okay. Because so yeah. I have rush attempts, rush yards, rush touchdowns, receiving targets, receiving yards, receiving touchdowns.
1: Yeah, that, that that's that's where that's where we're different. If I just look at PPR at age 21 and that draft pedigree since 2010, I'll will tell you the list, Dave. Okay. You now you can filter it and you can show it for the people who are watching on YouTube. Christian McCaffrey, Le'Veon Bell, Jameer Gibbs, Todd Gurley. <laughs> so, so I mean, you know, the age twenty one guys that smashed. I mean, that's just as good of a list as you can get. All the you know, and and CMC and Le'Veon and, and Gurley. I mean, they just went on to be you know amongst the best players at the position over the past fifteen years. And so that that's a a favorable uh, stimulus, both for Bijan and for Jameer.
2: Okay. So I think then let me just put this context around it. So then what we're doing there is basically just noting the fact that when a player has landed in this echelon of PPR as a rookie at yeah. age 21, that tends to foretell of, you know, sustained success and superstar type of, uh, you know, potential.
1: Yeah. Cause I mean, even if you go a little bit, lower. I mean, Javante's in there. And then if you just throw him out and job at best because of injury, mm-hmm. uh, which would be totally fair as, as you go deeper, the next three names are Jonathan Taylor, Deandre Swift and Josh, Josh Jacobs. Yep. So, I mean, you're still getting quality even as you go down, but you absolutely hit the nuts with CMC and uh left bell and Todd Gurley there amongst the top five. So, and I guess um, that, that's interesting.
2: The, the piece to add on that too, or I guess the question would be did Robinson enter the NFL with the same type of profile as those players with as much hype as must potential? And I think that the answer would be many people felt that he did.
1: Sure. Yeah. I mean, uh, I think there was as much excitement about Bijan as there was for McCaffrey and Gurley. Yeah. I mean, there was more excitement about Bijan than there was for Lev Bell. I mean, yeah. Lev, Bell, uh, Lev Bell shocked everyone. I mean, he trimmed down, yeah, that's um, After true. he entered the league and he r- totally reinvented himself after his rookie season. Um, so, I, yeah, I would, I would put Bijan from a, uh, a rookie profile perspective right up there with those other guys and, and even above Gibbs, obviously. Sure. Um, in terms of excitement and, and appeal. So, yeah, uh, it's, it, it's difficult because the recency bias is going to put everyone on Gibbs. But, you know, these guys still probably need to be neck and neck as we project it forward. When you make decisions for your company, I do want to talk about Devonta Chan because yep. he is going to be more interesting because we didn't get a very great sample size. You know, we only got about a half season's worth of games. And he also happened to play with a 31-year-old running back that managed 20-plus touchdowns this year. <laughs> he scored he scored more touchdowns this season than oh he did in his career up until this point. Oh, so my gosh. We're going to have to project a little bit more there. But, you know, hopefully we can find some nuggets of players who who started slow and then exploded uh, after the rookie season with a Chan.
2: Sure. So just to level set again here, I'm going to pop into the player stat explorer on a points per game basis. He finished number five. Uh, he was number two in yards per carry. Uh, number one in fantasy points over expectation per game. You know, that's probably gonna happen when you have a 51 point three point game in there and you're an RB one forty-five percent of
1: weeks. Yeah, four, four, four touchdowns will do that, yeah, right? That so. will
2: that will tend to help you out in efficiency metrics. So um an RB two also in 18% of weeks. Um, played eleven games, went over twenty points, Curtis, in five of them. So if we pop over to the screener, we re we reset things, we look at the same things we were looking at prior, and we search the database. Uh, when I pull up a chain, we're probably gonna see some good names in here. Now keep in mind, I'm not including the PPR, but we do That's get fine. we do That's get fine. a very different list of guys here. So you got Carlos Williams, Devin Singletary, Jamal Williams. Nick Chubb, Jalen Rashard, Javante Williams, Jalen Samuels, Austin Eckler, Jeremy Langford, On Johnson, DeAndre Swift, Brees Hall, David Johnson, Ryan Matthews, Jaleel McLaughlin, yeah. David Montgomery. So this, this is a is, bit of a mis- mixed bag here.
1: It's a mixed bag, but I mean, are, we're getting we're getting year end stuff here still, right? Like if if we were, are, can we go per game? Do we have that ability? Yes, sir. So I can um, now, flip this
2: to per game, search the yeah, database.
1: I, th- I think that's, we, we need to do that yep. uh, with the Chan. You know, missing half the season. I mean, you know, all the names that we're bringing up are guys who, you know, in many cases matched, matched or, you know, approximated his stats, but playing double the games.
2: Yes, certainly. All right, when we do that, dude, Philip Lindsay just wants to keep showing up today. You got Jonathan Taylor. Yeah, he was an exciting rookie. Yeah, he was. Came out of nowhere. Yeah. Jonathan Taylor, Philip Lindsay, Javante Williams, Devin Singletary, Brees Hall, DeAndre Swift, Jameer Gibbs, James Robinson, yep, Antonio Gibson, David Johnson, Leonard Fournette, Kareem Hunt, Bijan Robinson, uh, Carlos Williams.
1: That's that's really fun. Um, you are getting some, you know, we're getting some UFAs and some late rounders in there, which is interesting. Um and we have backs of all different shapes and sizes showing up here too. Yep. Now the, the fun thing with a Chan will be, you know, he was a third round pick. Uh, so we still got day two, but why don't we expand? Why don't we expand to top 100 picks here uh, just to keep it around? All right. And, I'm not- and see, I mean, we're going to lose David Johnson. We're going to lose Lindsey. Um. I wonder, I wonder what it does to the quality list here.
2: All right, so making those
1: adjustments, we. Oh no, nav- Johnson was the third rounder. I was, th- I had fourth in my head. He was a third rounder. He sh- he I can't remember
2: run. being so excited about him. Um, and also, just yeah. a ra- random name, I'm going to toss out. Uh, I forget if it was the same class, but Lorenzo Talafiero <laughs> was in one of those classes. Got drafted by the Ravens, and I just uh, wanted it to. Ha- I wanted it to happen so badly. Anyway, uh, you got Chan, followed by Jonathan Taylor. DeAndre Swift, Brees Hall, Javante Williams, Devin Singletary, Jameer Gibbs, David Johnson, Kareem Hunt, Antonio Gibson, the Leonard Fournette, Bijan Robinson, Carrion Johnson, Trent Richardson.
1: Now we didn't get CMC or Gurley in there, um, but I mean, this might be, and now we're sort of, per game, which I, you know, and again, this is just us adjusting for things the computer doesn't know, right? I mean, we're choosing to sort by, you know, a per game basis here, but this may be the cleanest list that we've seen of the three even. Um, It's a pretty clean list here.
2: Yeah, it really is. Um, The takeaway that I kind of have from going down this list too, is that there's a lot of there's a lot of dynamic players in this list. And I kind of think that's, you know, the, the way that I think of a Chan, when I do think about him, you know, when you have guys like uh Brees hall in there, I think Deandre Swift has shown some of that. David Johnson certainly did. Uh, so it's, it's fun to see this group of players. And it's also interesting that we find Robinson finding his way into this list as well as Gibbs. So, uh, you know, this year, I think we have three very solid running backs All three that you can be pretty excited about. The thing that we're going to have to do some thinking about right now, and I want us to talk about a little bit, Curtis, is if we think about the dynasty shelf life of these players, is there one that stands out from the others in either direction? One being a player that you think, given what we know, would seem like the type of player that's going to have less you so you know less of a useful life in dynasty or one of the guys perhaps looks like a profile where he's going to have more we kind of all in that same territory given what we know at this point
1: it's 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 so difficult um it's really difficult to project that um because i mean the game is just so much different now i mean gibbs is basically McCaffrey size so to ding him for being smaller than Bijan isn't really fair. I mean, McCaffrey's had incredible shelf life um, in in the NFL. Now, Achan has had more injuries already. Um, So, you know, I think uh, between that and the lower draft pedigree, you know, perhaps he could have, I mean, I think it's possible he could have the highest single season scoring upside of the bunch, just as you think about him, maybe consolidating some of the Raheem Mostert work. I mean, What's lost here, and we talked about Gibbs sharing the backfield. What's lost here and all of that Achan stuff <laughs> is that Raheem Mostert yep. was RB5 in, in raw scoring this year. He was RB3 in PPR per game. So Achan managed all of that playing behind one of the top three per game scorers at the position this year. And I mean, I the Dolphins are probably, you know, as explosive as they are in the way that that offense is designed. Um, they're going to continue to have two backs involved, but if he were to become, you know, the leader of the pack, even for a single season, it would be really exciting. Now kind of boiling it all down. I would still have a Chan lagging behind those two, um, because of injury, because of draft pedigree, um, and, and size, um, comparatively to the other two. It's, it's, it's just difficult, man. I think, I think Bijan and Jameer are just so neck and neck, um, you know, maybe a player like Gibbs because he'll probably in his peak seasons touch the ball less than Robinson. Maybe he can hang on a little bit longer, Mm -hmm. but if he's really a CMC type, it's just not going to matter. Yeah. It's, it's, it's really, truly a coin flip. Um, right now the lions seem to be a smarter organization, uh, and know how to manage and develop their talent. So maybe you lean that way just a little bit, but that could change if, If the Falcons get, you know, a a nice staff in there and and somebody who knows what they're doing and, you know, they're still interviewing coaches. I mean, they they didn't sign Belichick yet. I mean, Vrabel's in town in the last couple of days. They're still hunting. So uh, I'll go just ever so slightly with Gibbs right now, but there's not much conviction there. I, I will say a chance the distant third. Sure.
2: I think that the points that you make there, I think certainly resonate with me. If I'm forced to choose between Gibbs or Robinson at this point, I think it's super close. Obviously we still have a nebulous situation in Atlanta there, but I'm going to go and give Robinson just a slight edge because I do think that he's just inherently a little bit more talented of a player, a little bit better uh, from a real life perspective, uh, perhaps Now, of course, you know, I could be wrong on that, but going off of what I think that I have, you know, come to to know at this point, that's how I would kind of break this tie. But I think the larger takeaway here is that if you are in a dynasty startup, you know, these are some of the guys that you have to be thinking about going after, you know, right away.
1: Yeah, I mean... Functionally, you're just trying to. I mean, you're just trying to trade back. They're both on the clock. You just try to trade back one spot. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, yeah. You know, if they're both available when you're picking, so uh, that'll be fun. I can't wait to do some dynasty startups over on myffpc.com. We're going to do some this triflex startups here uh, pretty soon. And Dave, I just learned. Yep. That they're going to be doing some live high stakes dynasty startups in I read Vegas. that. I read that. Dave. Yep. And so. What say you? Maybe we plan on going out there and doing that. That'd be pretty fun.
2: Yeah, I would I would I would definitely be down for that. That would be a lot of fun. That would yeah. be a lot of fun.
1: Yeah. All right. Um let's so I, I want to pose this one more way. You asked about the dynasty. Yep. Um who of these players, I'm gonna assume I'm gonna assume uh Bijan and Jameer, I'm gonna, I'm gonna put them both as first round ADP next year. Um, And I'm going to put a Chan probably in the mid second round. I'm going to forecast. Okay. So knowing that, um, who do you see yourself owning more of in your best ball portfolio next year?
2: So wait, I'm sorry. Is this, is this dynasty your best
1: or or, just single year? So now we're just talking 2024 redraft. Okay.
2: Single year. You're going to,
1: you're going to probably draft 200 teams plus, Right. Probably
2: 500 which, plus,
1: but yeah. Which which back are you going to own the most of, assuming first round ADPs for Gibbs and Robinson and a yep. second round ADP for a Chan?
2: I think that my answer there is <laughs> I'd probably own fairly equal shares of Gibbs and Robinson, but I know that's not a fun way to answer the question. I think yeah. that next year, if, I, if I'm forced to do it right now, I'm going to say that I'm going to own more of Robinson.
1: Okay. That's going to be fun. Yeah, that's going to be fun. But, and we're going to find out soon because we got never too early. best ball already starting.
2: The, the way it's really going to work functionally here is that I feel like what's going to happen is depending on where they're going, basically any chance that I can get them at ADP is when I'm going to be drafting them. Um, yeah. because normally with the players that I, yeah, I know that's kind of getting out the confines of the fun question here, but let yeah. me say, so if I'm forced to reach a little bit ahead, right of ADP to get overweight on one of these guys. I'm more inclined to do it with the Robinson just because I still think that there's a little bit bigger of an upside there, okay. uh, especially for okay. him to, to control a much hot in order for him to be the player that could somehow, you know, just take his like entire offense.
1: Okay. There's the conviction. There's the conviction. Yep. So, okay. So hopefully you guys have enjoyed uh, this series so far. We're three, three episodes deep. We're going to continue to mix these in. We'll get some new topics in here too over the next couple of weeks. We're going to have several rookie episodes coming up. Make sure you're keeping track of the content on Rotovis.com. Check out the other podcasts. Maybe you're watching us on YouTube or Twitter for the first time and you haven't really checked out Rotovis Radio. Make sure you listen to our other great content there. Uh, We have new shows dropping basically every day of the week all year long and some other uh, really talented analysts uh, at, at our site that you can check out. So, uh, thanks for hanging out tonight. Hopefully you learned a little bit more about the Rotoviz screener and how Dave and I like to uh, do our research as we project rookie performances forward. Until next time, it's been Rotoviz Radio.